Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Hill Pursuit Podcast. This is episode 29. It's June 10th. I'm Hayden. This is Mitch. Mitch, what's going on, man? Oh, man, big week for you this week. We were just doing a little pre-show talking and uh, remind everyone what you have Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I got, um. well, I'm leaving Saturday for um, a race on Sunday. I yeah, have a, correct. Yeah, half Ironman um, coming up. I've been blogging about it a little bit, if you guys been following along with the blog. But, yeah, it's, it's a 70.3-mile race. It's a 1.2-mile swim 56 mile bike and a half marathon or 13.1 mile run and yeah we're chatting a little bit before we before we logged in and um you know race week is here it's it is what it is it's not perfect but um it's going well for sure and i'm really really excited and um yeah i guess we'll we'll talk about that a little bit today and um see see how that's going to go on uh on sunday but um real quick if you've been listening or reading um thanks for doing that just want to give a little plug here for the website hillpursuit.com if you want to continue to follow along with our daily blog on fitness training life everything in between and then um of course it also has hillpursuit.com also has access to all of our previous podcast episodes um, with links included. Um, the podcast does stream on Spotify, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Um, and then, you know, you give us a follow, like, subscribe, comment on uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram, at Hill Pursuit. And then finally, if you want to send us an email, hillpursuit at gmail.com. We would love to have a conversation with you. So thanks for doing all those things. Continue to do that follow along and um, leave us some comments and, and uh, we appreciate you doing that. So thank you. But um, yeah, before we dive into a little bit more with that half iron, what's going on with you? How's your training? We did just do a podcast not too long ago, but anything changed? What's going on? What have you been doing for fun? Yeah, no. So, you know, just still sticking to the program we wrote. Um, Been, uh, that's good. I had, you know, we, we've been alternating uh, being in the weight room three days a week and then going to two days a week and then picking up an extra day of the aerobic work. But yes, last week I ended up uh, on my aerobic day, I ran and then I decided to do some body weight stuff. And I like that. I did, it was a, did a push up shoulder and uh, just more, just, it was kind of like a recovery circuit I did, but still got some body weight work in at the same time. I didn't smoke myself, but just got some work in. I think I'm going to keep that implemented at least one day a week. So I'm kind of building up a base of some body weight stuff, but it's still acting kind of like a little recovery. Like I said, I'm not crushing myself through it after the run or anything like that. So that felt good. And, uh, been doing, I've been rolling a lot. Um, I, uh, last night I, I rolled, I think, I was, it was either five, five or four, five minute rounds. So that felt my conditioning slowly coming back with that, you know, in the beginning, I was absolutely toasted. So 
Um, and like I said, like I don't have a jujitsu background really. I, I messed with it um, off and on more the wrestling background. So still being humbled every time I go, which is cool, um, but also slowly starting to learn a few things. And um, it feels good to start getting that conditioning back, you know, when you're, you know, you can roll a five minute round and feel pretty good afterward. So everything's good. Body feels well. Yeah, that's sweet. I think um, that's just a great form of conditioning. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, you're pretty much exhausting yourself within five minutes, and then it's it's just the recovery game. You know, how quickly can you recover before you have to do it again? And, yeah. you know, that's coming from me who has zero experience with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but um, – a little bit, I guess, of, of a wrestling background, not quite as much as yours, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's an awesome form of conditioning. I envy you. I wish I had time to throw that in um, <laughs> or, you know, some sort of the resources to do that, but yeah, that's sweet. Um, how often are you doing that again? Once a week, twice a week? Uh, this week I'll probably get in the mat four, three or four. Oh, nice times this week uh, it varies with my work schedule yeah um and uh there's there's they, they, actually it's kind of nice they set up day classes too so if i'm working nights i can try to go during the day which is pretty oh, nice um so they're pretty shift shift work friendly so that's cool i imagine that a place like that is so what time um what time are there like what are they midday classes like almost lunchtime yeah so they have so they're yeah exactly at noon um monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday is like an open roll and then sunday they don't have classes which that's totally understandable yeah. um and then uh yeah so they'll have like a a noon class which mirrors their evening class for jiu-jitsu and then they usually run like a muay thai two days a week i think before the jiu-jitsu which i haven't really dove into that you know kind of trying to balance like being in the weight room and getting yeah getting that in you know you still have work and life to take care of so that's sweet that's really cool so yeah it's good and um like i said it's uh it's definitely it's you know you compare it to wrestling it's it's a little it's different and i'm still learning you know that whenever you go in they say it's wrestling is a great foundation, but you have to kind of dial back a little bit because it's wrestling is kind of like you got six minutes to do your thing and it's kind of go, go, go. Jiu-jitsu is a little bit, you know, you have a 30 second, 30 second scramble. And then maybe there's like a little bit where you kind of wait, kind of see what the other guy's going to do. It's a little bit of a chess match. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's almost exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, I feel like it's a lot more tactful. Like it's, it's not quite as, um, um, you know, hurry up and go as wrestling is. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more almost playing the waiting game, like the chess match. That's like the perfect way to describe it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, man, I'm not going to lie. I'll get, I'll find myself, like I'll get in on like a shot and like hurry, hurry, hurry. And then two seconds later, I find myself like in a choke. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Back, slow down next time. <laughs> yeah. But so no, it's good, man. Cool. Cool. Well, um, yeah. I mean, let's just kind of dive in. I mean, we, we talked a little bit before the, before the show about some, some stuff related to 
the upcoming race, some stuff related to, you know, life stress and perfect schedules. And um, I think that's probably like a good platform to, to kind of start off with, but um, yeah. So, so uh, for me, this is, this is race week and that means, you know, kind of dialing in some things and, you know, um, making sure, um, you know, in terms of life stress, these are all, these are all great topics here, but, um, race week involves making sure nutrition is on point. It, it involves making sure rest and sleep is on point. Um, it involves, you know, a reduced, let me take a note of these so we can kind of come back, but, rest. it involves, you know, um, um, was going to say, uh, making sure that our volume and intensity drops. So it's, you know, termed a taper, um, essentially. So volume intensity, um, taper, but, um, you know, not all of these things, uh, happen perfectly because, you know, I'm not a bachelor. I don't live by myself. I can't, (laughs) I can't just, you know, cook exactly what I want and eat it all day long. You know, I'm cooking for, you know, more than just myself. And then, you know, we're making everybody in the house happy, which is completely fine. You just find a way to adapt. But um, I'd say for the most point of those, of those three things, and I'm sure there's more that I'm just forgetting right now, but um, I guess gear, gear check is a good one, but so nutrition, rest, tapering exercise and just kind of checking on my gear the one thing that i'm doing i would say almost perfectly right now is tapering my exercise um and honestly if if you're listening and you hear that that should really be no surprise because it's very very easy to have a workout written on paper or tell yourself you're going to work out for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two out, whatever it is, and just go do the work, right? That's the easy part. Um, mm. You hear people talk about this all the time, and we've talked about it on, on the show as well. But the hard part is actually everything outside of your training and your exercise. So whether you're training for something, you know, uh, lifting meat, um, you know, some other competition or race, whatever, that's the easy stuff to do is to essentially punch, punch that time card, get in the gym, get on the bike, you know, go outside and run, whatever. That's the easy part. The hard part is eating appropriately, resting and recovering, um, making sure that you're wearing the right shoes for whatever you're doing, you know, um, in terms of, I was just going to say, dude, I couldn't agree more. I don't even know if I ever thought of it like that, but that's the fun stuff. Like the, the why we train and get in there is that's why we do what we do. But yeah, keep going with it. Yeah, I, just, I was just like, that's a, yeah, it's kind of an eye opener. I don't know if I ever thought of it. Yeah, like I that. mean, it's, it's super easy. And like, mm-hmm. I, I apply this to, I think, I think back to this facility I used to work at all the time. It was essentially a like a higher end weight loss facility um, where, um, we, we dialed in every individual client's nutrition, 
Um, we were able to monitor their rest, you know, as best as you can with an accelerometer, which is not great, but it's better than nothing. You know, if right. somebody, if you're just going to have somebody come into your office and say, okay, how long, how many hours did you sleep last night? And they're going to tell you seven hours. It's easy to just write down seven hours. Right. But with an accelerometer now, again, they're not perfect technology mm-hmm. but with, with some sort of accelerometer. You can see how, how many hours or minutes they were in a deep sleep versus a, um, a restful versus um, restless, you know, so you, you can get some data from their sleep. Um, we were monitoring nutrition. I mean, it was a very all inclusive, all encompassing facility. And um, the number one thing that we told our clients was, look, you can come to me three days a week for an hour or, you know, five days a week for an hour or whatever it is for your training or you're coming into exercise, but that's the easy stuff. There's 24 yeah. hours in a day. If you're coming to me for one of them, you still have 23 more hours. Right. Um, so it's, it's something that you have to learn regardless of if you're on a, in that example, if you're on a weight loss journey or if you're training for a marathon, an Ironman, you know, if you're doing or want to get better at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, whatever it is, you're on the mat for an hour, you're on the mat for 90 minutes, you know, you're on the, you're on the bike or the trainer for an hour, you know, you're in the pool for a half hour, whatever it is, there's your workout, you know, you're going to do it, punch the time card, done. Now, what do you do? You have 23 more hours where you need to focus on fueling your body appropriately. You need to focus on resting and recovering anything that's that you've hopefully broken down. Um, so you need to repair um, sore, achy muscle tissue, whatever. Um, and and there's there's ways to do that that people really don't think about. Now, again, I say this is almost like a, a life stress episode, I guess, because, um, these things that we've listed off, you know, nutrition, resting, tapering, and, and checking gear, those things, they don't happen perfectly ever. You know, it doesn't matter if you're, if you have a race coming up, if, if you have a lifting meet, it doesn't matter what's coming up for you. If you have a hunt coming up, whatever, none of this is going to be perfect. Right. So we were just talking before the show. It's like, yeah, I can put on paper. I'm going to eat like this. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to get 90 minute nap in the middle of the day. Heck no, that never happens. You know, yesterday, I, yesterday I actually did lay down. I had, I had both my girls down, not at the exact same time, but pretty close. And, um, you know, it turned into about a 45 minute nap, which is better than zero minute nap, I guess. But, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not someone who naps ever, ever. I never nap. Um, but I know how important it is this, especially leading up to the race to have extra rest and extra recovery, put my feet up as much as I can. Like I know the value in that. So I tried and I, you know, I'm able to nap a little bit, but the other day I tried to nap. And my girls, my girls going down didn't coincide with one another. So there was no opportunity for a nap, you know? So that's, that's the whole point I'm trying to make is, you know, you put it on paper, um, you know, Monday through Thursday, 90 minute nap beginning at whatever, you know, never happens like that ever. 
Yeah, and I yeah, just to yeah, go ahead. Make a point too, and I think uh, I think it's important to have and set yourself up for success. But I think it's I think it's especially true for people just getting into fitness as well. Uh, I think maybe you or someone that has a little bit of time training and you know, you've kind of made that part of your life and you, you know, things aren't going to be perfect and that's okay. Like look at a trace week this week and things aren't going to go perfect. You're still going to race your race. You're controlling everything else that you can. But I think there's a lot of time people, I think get discouraged. Like, Hey, like I fell off my bandwagon with my diet today. You know, the rest of my week of training is pointless. Um, I'm just going to finish the week eating bad and I'll train again next week. And you kind of get discouraged, like, hey, I'm not sleeping right. I'm going to take the entire week off. Like, things aren't right. I'm just not going to train this week. And I don't think that's the right mentality. I'm not saying there's never a week where, hey, life, work, stress, you're not going to sleep. Training might have to take a back seat just to get things done in your life for that week. I think there's seasons, like, where that's just inevitable. You know, you have a newborn baby, okay. But I think it's important to remember that things aren't always going to be perfect. And if it's like if you do fall, like say you do have a day where, hey, I just, I didn't eat right today. I didn't sleep good last night, but you still feel like you can train and you can. Don't let that deter you either. I think that's a huge thing. Like just stay, stay steady. And I think consistency and keeping the foot on the gas at like a moderate level is throughout a long period of time is what ultimately is going to lead to success in the long haul too. Yeah. I really like, um, so when you were saying that, I was reminded of um, this mentality I hear all the time from people from all over, from all walks of life. I mean, if you turn the TV on, you see this. If you scroll through social media, you see this. You see it marketed towards people all the time. You know, tomorrow is day one. Yeah. You know, that mentality can be like, a crippling mentality. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think you just spoke to that beautifully. I mean, no day is going to be perfect. You're not going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day, cook your eggs. You know, you're not going to have, you might not have five minutes to cook your eggs. You know, you mm. might, you, you might not have any time to make your breakfast and you might be grabbing a nutrition bar on your way out the door, you know? So your day might get off track before it, before you even wake up. So yes. um, there's going to be something that throws you off of what you have in mind as like an ideal day or scenario for wherever you are in your training plan or just life in general. So, you know, if you start off and you eat, you know, and you're, let's say you're, um, you know, this one, this, this is pretty normal. Let's say you're, you know, visiting friends at, and you're staying over at their house and you wake up the next morning, you do a great job at waking up before everybody else to get your workout in. You're in a different environment. You're feeling good about yourself. You get back to your friend's house and the only, the only stuff that they have for breakfast is a bunch of donuts, right? Like if that's all, yeah. that's all you got. You know, that's all you got for breakfast. It's not your house. You don't get to choose what, what is for breakfast. You have a donut or two donuts. The rest of your day and week is not out the window. You know, like if you don't eat perfectly. No, absolutely not. Right. You don't eat perfectly. It's not the end of the world. 
if you don't get eight hours of sleep, it's not the end of the world. Like don't, don't throw everything away. If one of these variables, nutrition, rest, exercise, whatever, if one of those things is not perfect, like the, the tomorrow is day one mentality is such a, it's such a, an out for people to, to say, well, I screwed up a little bit already today. I'm just going to worry about it tomorrow. You know, meanwhile, it's only 11 a.m. And you have, you know, you have another 13 hours left in this day. So what do you yeah. think on that? Yeah, dude, absolutely. And um, I can speak from experience with the whole meal thing. Um, yeah, I, only, I like to talk about stuff that I have experience in. Man, I used to be the guy where all my meals had to be perfect. I had to eat to a T. And if it wasn't, it would stress me out. Um, and honestly, when I kind of, I'm not saying I lost discipline because I think you can go too far over the top, which I absolutely was. Um, I pro I experienced more success when I focused on training. I went hard in training. I let up on, I wouldn't say I let up on my, yeah, I gave myself more leeway. And, you know, instead, maybe back a while, I went and ate the donuts and then I would have been miserable. I would have been hungry all day, you know, and then what do you, what do you do? You just you eat the donut and you move on. And um, once you start doing that and giving yourself a little bit of slack and you're not stressed out all the time, that's, I think, when everything, things start falling into place and you can, that's when you learn like what you can get away with and what you can't, I think, you know. I, I love that story because it, it, it reminds me of an analogy that I, well, a story, I guess, that I have myself that is pretty darn close to what you just explained, but it's, it's a sports story. So uh -huh. I golfed in high school and okay. <laughs> you gotta see me, we gotta go golfing one day. <laughs> we <that>, should. <laughs> well, this, it's funny though, because I golfed in high school and like, I was a good golfer. Um, yeah. I probably in high school, averaged you know mid 80s playing golf mid to high 80s you know not great but whatever I was on the golf team so I was good enough to you know yeah. but um when you're playing golf and you know if anybody listening has experience with golf if you're ever placed into like a stressful situation during a golf match it's it's tough to to perform. Like I have a mm -hmm. lot of respect for professional golfers who have like hundreds or thousands of people watching them like Tiger Woods, for example, you know, and they're still throwing darts at these, at these pins. Right. But um, if you're placed in a stressful situation, like it's hard to perform well in golf because it's a, it's a sport that involves very, very micro precision and the tiniest error can result in a, massive, you know, displacement of your shot or whatever. So it's a lot of like very small details that are required. But anyway, so in high school, I'm shooting mid eighties, high eighties, decent golfer. Um, but it's stressful, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I graduate high school, don't golf nearly as much. And when I do golf, it's not stressful for me at all. I'm shooting in the mid seventies. Yeah. You know, like if you, I just think that that falls right in line with that example you gave, like you used to be super, super strict with your food. Then when you became a little bit more lenient, laid back, gave yourself some slack, 
you started, it, it started to relieve some stress. You started feeling a little bit better. It didn't, didn't bother you as much. Dude, that was the Dude, my same. performance shot out the roof then. Right. Right. You know, it was, it literally is like that. Like you, you have this, you create this stress, you put it on yourself for whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. there's the food example. There's the performance example. There's the, you know, making sure that all of your, you know, your shoelaces are tied a certain way, whatever it is for you. Um, you pull that, you put that stress onto yourself and then, you know, it, it's going to lead to some decrement somewhere, whether it's in your performance, it's in your sleep, it's in your recovery, whatever. You start to pull that back a little bit, pull those layers back and kind of give yourself some slack and, and reduce that stress. All of a sudden, it's like your eyes are finally open, you know, and it's yeah. like you, you're finally able to reach new, um, <laughs> new peaks, uh, that maybe you weren't previously able to experience because you're not, ex- you're, you're not putting that stress. You're not creating stress out of nothing, you know? So, right. um, I think that's a really important concept and I literally, so <laughs> I'll golf with people that maybe like I don't golf with a whole lot or I don't hang out with. And honestly, I barely even golf anymore. But when I do, it's crazy. I can go out and break 80 almost every single time. Don't get me wrong. Not every time, but almost every time. And I never broke 80 once in my high school career when I was actually playing golf competitively. Yeah. So I'd be like, I'd be like hitting 160. Well, then we, we definitely should. I would love to see a 160. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it. I tell that story to people all the time. Like, look, when you pull the stress back to golf, you actually play a lot better. And, yeah, you know, you put yourself in a tournament, you're going to shoot way worse. You're going to shoot way worse. Now, the people who don't shoot way worse in the tournament – are the people who like succeed. Like those are the people who are born to do that. They deal with that stress. They love it. They thrive off it, whatever. Not that's like the 1%. Not a lot of people can do that. Um, especially in a, a sport that's so highly skilled at, at a minute level. So anyway, just a little analogy for you, but yeah, cool. um, let's, um, I don't know. Do you want to dive into some of these things I was talking We were talking about. Yeah, earlier? yeah for sure. All right. Nutrition, rest, taper, gear check. So I said, Tapering was one of the things that is actually going pretty well for me this week. Um, I think it's substantially. Um, I'd say, yeah, Yeah. Uh, at least the intensity is. And I kind of, Mm -hmm. I kind of was, I kind of backed myself into a taper yesterday. I planned to have about a 45 to 50 minute swim. Um, but my schedule here we go again, right? My schedule didn't allow for more than 30 minutes in the pool. So I got into the pool and ended up doing like 600 yards less than was planned. And so there's, there's a reduction in volume right there, not even Mm -hmm. on purpose, but it was fine. It didn't bother me. I swam really hard and I kept, you know, I kept my fitness. Um, Actually yesterday's blog post, I think I titled it something like I'm gaining zero fitness this week or something like that. And what I mean by that is none of my, none of my sessions are designed for me to like benefit physiologically from in terms of improving there. The sessions are designed for me to maintain speed, 
maintain effort, maintain blood flow, maintain movement. I'm not really trying to improve my performance this week. I'm just trying to stay active. So I think the longest of anything I had this week was an hour and it was this morning. I had an hour bike. It was an easy bike. I had like a couple different bursts of around 200 Watts, um, just for like 90 seconds, just to keep the speed, you know, keep a yeah. little bit of power, nothing crazy at all. So that's, what's easy to do with the taper is, um, it's easy to do, but it, I guess it's also kind of hard to do. And what I mean when I say it's hard to do is a lot of people will hear the term taper and they'll just go sit on the couch yeah. and taper is way different than inactivity. So taper is planned, reduced volume, planned, reduced stress and like planned, reduced intensity. It's not, it's not just, Okay, I put in the work now for a week and a half, two weeks, I'm doing nothing. Because you can lose a lot in a very short amount of time if you don't stay active. So I guess in that sense, it's kind of difficult to taper. But um, again, like you said, and, and the same for you, same goes for you. But I've tapered plenty of times, I know how to do it. And um, I'm not someone who just goes and, and sits and hopes that everything is fine. Like I'm, I'll stay active and, um, you know, I don't even have a rest day. You know, I don't have any rest days planned into my, into my program ever. Um, I had one, I had one planned because I had a massive build in volume prior to my taper. And that was a planned rest day, like five days ago, four days ago. And then I started the taper after, um, so, um, aside from that though, yeah, I'm staying active up to race day and, um, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good with that. Um, I'm resting as best as I can. Let's, yeah, let's move on to rest. Rest is a little bit tougher. Um, you know, my, my girls don't sleep perfectly at night. So especially, you know, of course it happens this, this race week, but, past two nights have been a little bit difficult in terms of getting consistent sleep um, is what it is. Like you said, it's not going to throw me off course. It's not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to skip the race because I didn't get my perfect sleep for, you know, five days out or whatever. And if you think about this, you think about when you have something big going on, whether you're you know, if you have, if you have a lifting meet the next day, a race the next day, or if you remember being a little kid going to Disney world the next day, whatever, mm -hmm. you're not going to sleep well the night before when you're excited about something, not even close. Yeah. So, you know what, or, or Christmas morning, right? Not even Disney world, but Christmas morning, the next morning, when you're five years old, you know, you're not sleeping at all. You're no. like banging on that door, the, your bedroom door. Let me get down there, you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, you, it's, it's the same, it's the same exact feeling for a big race or a big event or a big meet. It's the same exact feeling. I'm going to sleep like crap the night before, but I'm going to be so jacked up and excited it's not going to matter once I start, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's probably not going to matter on the back half of the half marathon either, because I'm, I'm going to be in the groove at that point and fully awake and fully, you know, um, fully in tune with what I'm doing and, and staying on my plan. So 
Um, rest is never perfect. It's not perfect for me this week. It's probably no, not really different than any other week. Um, these past two days excluded, it's not different than any other week. So it's going to be fine. Um, in terms of nutrition, um, nutrition is pretty on point. Um, you know, cut out, cut out all the, um, processed stuff as best as I can. Um, haven't had alcohol for a few weeks anyway. Um, just, just to, not that it's, not that it's an issue. I don't, I don't think it's an issue if you're someone who, you know, you come home, you have a glass of wine or your beer or whatever, doesn't matter. Um, if it starts to be something that interferes with your recovery or interferes with your sleep, then you, you should probably knock it. Um, as you're approaching like a big event, in my opinion. So that's what I choose to do just to, just to kind of be safe. So a few weeks out, you know, just done with all the nonsense um, in terms of processed food and also alcohol just for, for me, it works for me. Um, and this week starting yesterday, so yesterday was Wednesday, the race is Sunday. For me, I basically eat almost not as much as I can, like I don't overdo it, but I eat larger portions beginning on Wednesday for a Sunday event um, of all healthy stuff for the most part, you know. Um, so um, I've been eating a little bit more all day yesterday. This morning, I'm gonna have a pretty massive breakfast. Um, we talked about it pre-show. I'm not gonna go through all those details I did, but I'm pretty familiar with what my carb load is like also. So for, a, for an event on Sunday, an endurance event, okay, for an endurance event on a Sunday, my big, my last humongous meal is going to be um, Friday dinner and then Saturday, <laughs> almost Saturday, you know, upon waking through lunch. The lunch is going to be big, but it's not going to be as big as the dinner on Friday. And then Saturday night will just be an early dinner because I don't like eating late the night before in case I have any GI issues. So it'll be like an earlier, maybe like five o'clock, five thirty dinner with a protein shake um, before bed. Just that's just what I'm comfortable with. Just a little bit more recovery overnight and then um, wake up early, do my normal race day stuff, race day nutrition. And that's pretty standard for me at this point. Um, so I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at with nutrition. Um, nice. the one thing, this is so funny. I talked to my wife about it this morning before she left for work. Um, the one thing I've done nothing, um, with at this point is any of my gear, anything I've done nothing. And it's funny because I did <laughs> so much preparation for the Olympic distance that I did three weeks ago. I did so much preparation and I had like all my stuff laid out, um, like five days beforehand. <laughs> I've done nothing. I've done no, no gear prep whatsoever yet. And frankly, I haven't had the time. Um, and after I did it last time, I'm pretty confident, you know, that I'll be fine. Um, I wanted to get my last ride in, which was this morning. So I'm not touching my bike again until I get to Maryland, but I got my last ride in. I'm going to put some fresh, um, um, handlebar tape on, um, later today or tomorrow. So I'll have, um, some fresh tape 
for my handlebars, which is nice. And then I'm going to prep stuff like my sneakers, socks, any tape, my wetsuit, my tri kit, um, you know, sunglasses, shoes, towels, goggles, caps, all that stuff. Um, and um, not to mention, it, I, I include in that, um, you know, my fuel, my food, my food check. So I got something new, which is pretty sweet. It's, um, it's a belt that holds your bib. And I've always had one of those, which is cool, but it's a belt that holds your bib, but it doesn't just hold your bib. I got a new one that has like a mini fanny pack pouch. So I can put a bunch of, uh, you know, finger food, I guess, into it, which is nice. And um, it also holds six different goos on the actual belt. Nice. So I don't have to worry about having that type of nutrition with me. Um, like putting a bib. a bib is yeah. like, so if you, if you see someone running a marathon and you see their number is like six, two, three, four, nine on their chest, that's uh -huh. the bib. That's the bib. I got you. Okay. They like you pin it to your shirt. Um, yeah, but I got one. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, I got one that's a belt. So instead of having to pin it to your kit, you just attach it with some clips to a belt, and okay. um, it avoid you avoid having to like take clothespins and put it into like a wet uh, swimsuit. Essentially, it's just like a belt. You just strap it on, which just makes it faster in transition. But so I'm going to have, I have a bib that a bib holder that has, um, yeah, that pouch for food and then also can hold six goos, which I'm pretty excited about because I, on the run, I do worry about having enough nutrition a little bit, um, because I have, um, in the back of my triathlon kit, you have like pouches right behind you for food, essentially in the back mm -hmm. And the pouches in my tri kit are a little bit smaller than I would like. So I can't fit a whole lot into them. So I needed a way to hold some extra food and extra calories. And this bib I think is perfect because um, it might sound funny, but when you're fatigued and exhausted, you not only need calories, but you want it to be something that you want to put in your mouth, something that you want because it tastes good to you. So for me, when I'm like that fatigued, it's funny. Um, I like having um, strawberry pop tarts <laughs> and it's also a bunch of sugar. So yeah. it's, it's not, it's not a horrible thing to use for fuel. Um, I have, you know, I have the sodium and electrolyte um, goose and I have salt tabs and I have applesauce pouches. So I have plenty of calories, but I also, you need to, make sure that you have stuff that you just want to eat. Cause when you get to the point of, and I've been to this point before you get to the point of like being near the end of your functional, like the end of your capacity, you get to the point where you don't even want to expend the energy to grab something out of your pocket. And you know, it sounds silly. Like if you're listening to this, you could probably easily just reach down and put your hand in your pocket. But when you're tired enough and the thought comes into your mind, okay, I have a bar or a goo in my pocket 
and I need it, but I'm so tired that I don't want to put my hand in my pocket. I've got a decision to make, you know, yeah. it sounds crazy to, to think that you might get that tired, but I've been that tired before and I've refused my own fuel because I didn't want to expend the energy of just moving my hand into my own pocket. So when you get to that point, you want to have something that kind of motivates you to do it. And for me, I like the taste of it's silly, but I like the taste of strawberry pop tarts. And I know that it's, you know, it's quick sugar for me as well. So um, I'm hoping that if I get to that point, then I can still reach my hand into my bib holder and, and grab a pop tart if I need it. But anyways, that's something else I need to kind of plan and make sure I have all the food and fuel that um, I'm going to need for the race. Um, I don't really think there's anything else that I'm really missing. My, my training is, is feeling fine. I'm really excited to just race and see how it goes. I think the swim will be interesting. It's actually in a, um, uh, it's in a river. Okay. So based on how much it rains, the salt content will differ a little bit. I don't know the exact like <laughs> science or physics behind it, but based on like the salinity of the, of the rain, the, the salt content will be a rating of like, I think the race director said something between like an eight and a 12 or something like that. I, I'm not, again, I don't know exactly what that means, but I do know, you know, fresh water has a salinity or a salt content of zero. Right. And mm -hmm. the ocean is, you know, super high and it's somewhere in the middle is all okay. I know. So, which is definitely going to be new to me, you know, when you're swimming in a pool or in a lake or wherever, you're going to take in a little bit, not on, obviously never on purpose, but when you're breathing that long for 40 minutes straight, you're going to swallow a little bit of water. You don't That's want true. it to, you don't want it to be super salty, you know, uh, or it's, yeah. you're just going to throw it up probably. So, um, that's going to be something a little bit new for me and hopefully I can deal with that. And, um, I believe the swim is, um, I think it's three, this is crazy. Three swimmers every three seconds are going to start. So they're going to have a wave and it's like, you have to self-select which wave you're going into based on your expected finishing time of the swim. So I don't even know how many athletes there are, but let's say there's 500 athletes. I think there's more, but for, for argument's sake, let's say there's 500 athletes and a hundred of them all think they're going to swim the same time as me. Well, it's going to take, you know, every, there's going to be three athletes every three seconds for a hundred athletes. So it's you essentially just get in line and every three seconds they blow a whistle or something and three of you hop in and it's go time. So um, that's gonna be very new as well. I've never done anything rolling like that before. So um, I know that it's gonna be hectic on the bike uh, because lots of people don't bike outside. They just train for this stuff indoors and then they go outside and hope they know how to bike for 56 miles. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of doofuses who don't know how to get onto and off of their bike and they're not going to follow rules of the road. And there's going to be stupid crashes. Like it's, I'm very prepared to 
like run into someone who doesn't know how to communicate that they're stopping, you know, or something silly, you know what I mean? So got to do your best to avoid the people who don't have the experience with riding outside, which thankfully I've been outside as often as possible lately, which is great. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, those race day issues are going to happen. Um, and, you know, hopefully avoiding any crashes or anything, but, um, we'll see how that goes. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just excited to, to get going. My fitness is where it needs to be. And I'm just, I'm ready to test myself and see how well I can do on the back half of that half iron or that half marathon at the end. Um, I really want to be able to push that. I don't want to walk. I want to be able to push that run almost the whole time. And my, I think my best half marathon open is about 150, 151, which isn't great, but I haven't run an open half in quite a while. So pro- it's probably a little bit faster, but we'll say 150. And I'd, I'd love this, this half to be around two hours if possible. Um, so not too far off of my best, but um, again, it's just going to take some, I got to really hold myself back on, this is the last point I'll make here. I got to hold myself back on the bike a little bit because like we were saying before we started the show, the bike is as flat as you can imagine. Um, People have been posting to the social media groups that they've ridden the course a few times lately and they'll post like their Garmin uh, workout that shows elevation. It's like a hundred feet over the course of 56 miles. It's nothing. There's no hill, not even for a second. It's crazy. Um, so I've never had a bike ride like that aside from, you know, on the trainer. Um, so it's going to be constant pedaling. You can basically go as fast or as slow as you want. It's up to you. So I really have to, I really have to pull that in and, and rein that in, um, and not go crazy because, I personally feel like the bike is my strongest leg. So it's going to be, if there's somewhere for me to blow up, it would be on the bike, but I wouldn't feel it on the bike. I would feel it on the run. That's my point. So I need to really pull back the bike a little bit to not completely overdo it because I really want to be able to push that run. Um, so for that reason, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more careful on the bike than I probably want to be. But at a certain point, I'm going to, if I feel good at a certain point, probably around 30, 35 miles, I'm definitely going to rip the bike towards the end if I feel it. Um, but for the first about 30 or 35 miles I am, I'm going to pull it back and keep it pretty in check. Um, and that's, I mean, I don't really have anything else. I don't, I don't know. Did anything come up that, that you thought of? Yeah, well. I think you're going to do good. Well, you're going to do great. And uh, I know you sent me this uh, Ironman 70.3 that we can follow you on too. Mm. So um, I'll definitely be checking that out. And yeah. I think if anyone's listening and wants to check it out too, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, and uh, that'll be awesome. So I'll definitely do that. And then we'll definitely touch base as soon as we can. Yeah. Post race. yeah. Um, as soon as I think I'm allowed back in after. I'll probably be back in the transition probably within like 20 minutes or so. Cool. I'll, I'll grab my phone and we'll definitely touch base. Um, but yeah, there it's cool. It's, it's, it's called, um, what's it called? 
Iron Man Tracker. Yeah. Um, which I did. I shared that with you, and I can just post that to our Facebook and Instagram, I guess, real quick, if anybody does want to follow along. Um, it's going to start at, I'm guessing, it starts at 640 on okay. Sunday. But I'm not going to put myself in one of the first couple heats. So I'm guessing I'll be in the water by like 7 or 7.15 on Sunday, which um, we also spoke about like a, a goal. And having never completed it, I don't think it's really right to have a goal. My goal is to just work hard and push myself. But I would imagine I'll be somewhere around six hours. So starting at 7, 7.15 puts me around, you know, 1 o'clock. 1.30, somewhere in there. So, cool. yeah, I'll touch base with you shortly after that, probably by 2 o'clock. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Right now the weather looks like it's mid to high 70s, a little, a little overcast, which is different than previous years at this race. They've had some really, really hot uh, races. And another issue that I'm not super familiar with, I actually forgot about this, is um, there's no shade at all on the run. Um, it's very flat, it's very hot and humid. So that's temperature that I haven't really been training in, except for maybe like the last week. Um, it's been a little humid out here. So that's another thing that, you know, could be a game changer, which is going to force a lot of people to really have to pull back their run. And if they're not smart enough, you're going to be walking by the second mile, you know, um, that run, a hot, humid run with no shade. If the sun's out, I mean, that, that's a, that's a recipe for a disaster. If you're not smart about your bike and your pacing on your run. So, I'm just really looking forward to it. I like the challenge and I can't wait to talk about it with you and afterward and, and see, you know, if all the, the, if all the race day prep that I'm talking about now, if all of it matters, if there's people that do blow up, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this with you, experience it myself. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be back shortly after that race and we'll do another episode maybe just a brief check-in on the race and, as part of just a, a quick episode and then we'll uh we'll get back on our usual uh our usual streaming services that we provide but uh nice well good anyway. luck brother i'll good luck i'll talk to you outside of this before you yeah. uh, before you get the race absolutely yeah thanks dude but anyways thanks for listening thanks for following along um race is sunday check it out if you want you can follow it if not no worries but i'll post it uh to our social media and probably the web i'll put it on the website as well so um website hillpursuit.com follow along with the daily blog fitness life everything in between training um we also have access to all previous podcast episodes on the website streaming on spotify podbean google podcast as well social media is at hill pursuit facebook and instagram and lastly, if you want to shoot us an email, comment on anything, like, subscribe, give us your feedback. The email is hillpursuit at gmail.com. So do all those things. Thanks for following along. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next time.